Welcome into the Intersection Podcast. I'm Brendan Cassera, and today I'm joined by Gary Pettit, the SID for women's basketball, men's tennis, and men's golf. Gary, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Brendan. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and um, just here to talk about kind of what it's like being a sports information director during uh, COVID and, and everything with all the protocols that you have to follow and being on site. Uh, just to start to give the audience an idea, what, what is a sports information director? What do you do? I guess in one sentence, we just kind of say we are PR for the athletic department. Um, there's currently right now, there's six of us in our office. We've had as many as um, 10, if you count our two interns uh, at times. And and so we kind of all divvy up the sports. And this year, like I said, I'm sure we'll get into it a little bit more of what sports we're kind of all picking up and helping out in, in these times. But in, in, uh, in normal times, we'd have three or four sports each and just kind of PR for those teams and trying to put the best uh, the best foot forward for each of those teams, which then obviously is the best foot forward for Ohio State Athletics. Yeah, and looking at things before COVID also, you know, what did a kind of a day in the life look like uh, for, for your role uh, before COVID hit? It was a lot of um, event coverage, but then also trying to um, get the stories out there from our athletes. And I know um, it's kind of changed a little bit just from stretching a little bit thin. Every sport now this spring is in, in winter and spring is starting at the same exact time as opposed to spreading it out from the fall. And um, so it's a little bit different now. It's a little bit more event coverage now. But um, in the past, it was a little more calls or emails or um, just those relationships you built with the media or um, and obviously like students with your like yourself or getting, hey, here's a cool story. Here's a cool idea. Um, do you want to cover, you know, cover this athlete? Do you want to cover this sport, this coach? And we'll try to make those happen. So now it's pivoted to a little bit more of event coverage and, um, you know, knock on wood, hopefully the event goes well and we have some good stuff to pub there. And then obviously still pushing um, those stories where we can. It's just prioritizing the time now a little bit more because we're all working with a few more sports that are all going at the same exact time. Yeah, and looking at things, I'm, I'm sure there was an extended period off there for you when sports kind of stopped and, and things like that. Kind of describe that first game back that you guys had that you worked, because I'm sure it was kind of an eerie feeling and, and situation to be a part of. Absolutely. So when, when things shut down last March, it, there was that first awkward of like, wow, what this is real. Like they never canceled all the events, right? This is like a real thing. Um, and then it kind of got like, well, now what do we do? <laughs> our, our jobs were so centered around sports competing and these athletes competing, and now they aren't competing. And it was an adjustment for everybody of how, how do we get, what stories do we push now? Because usually it was, hey, this, this athlete did this really well in this event and, um, or, or this competition and, and kind of here's their backstory and here's a real cool story. And now nobody's competing. So what did we do to kind of you know, keep furthering those stories and keep pushing our athletes and just did a lot of profile type stuff, kind of getting to know type things just to keep, keep their names out there, keep their um, stories out there because we didn't know when they were going to compete again. When's the next time you were going to compete. So then getting into the competition with no fans, very little media. Um, it was super eerie. You know, the stadium was really quiet. Um, and that was eerie. You could hear all the coaches. And now you've, you've seen it. You, 
you've been in the, the basketball arena for games, you can hear all the coaches and players. Um, I was at my first wrestling match that I went to this year. They had pre warm up music going, stop that, the national anthem. Then they start announcing the first bout that's coming out, music going and everything. And then as soon as the music stopped, the referee blew his whistle. The guy shook hands to go. And it's like, I felt weird. I didn't even want to talk. You know, it was just awkward. It was so silent. So there is that adjustment. Obviously, it's not just here, it's everywhere, but there, uh, there is a definite adjustment to um, no fans. And that's really the lifeblood. And, and the wrestling guys will tell you too, like there's just no juice in the building. They've got to create their own. The football team had to create their own juice. The basketball teams are on the sidelines and the managers and the players on the bench have to create that juice on the floor. And, and the fans really were a huge part. And it's kind of one of those things like you don't know what you have and what you're going to miss until it's actually not there. And boy, exactly. not having the fans in the stands. And I'm saying that just from a player's perspective, but from me as a covering an event and saying how awesome this event was, it's a little bit harder without the fans for sure. Yeah. And what was the biggest challenge? If you had to pinpoint one challenge to when you got back into things and obviously a lot, a lot of stuff going virtual and stuff like that, you know, what was the biggest challenge coming back into things? And once you're on site and working again, it had to be totally and completely different than what you were used to previously. Yeah. Especially for a communications person and a communications department, we're used to communicating and we're used to having those personal interactions and the, those side conversations with members of the media and, and uh, event staff to kind of help get those stories out there. And that was kind of frowned upon, you know, you're not supposed to be within six feet of each other, right? And you're not supposed to have those private conversations. You're supposed to have them over Zoom now, right? And, and so in one way, it's really cut down on the human interaction side and obviously for a communications person and a professional it's really hard that's the hardest part probably but on the flip side of that zoom has also and everybody's figured that's made it easier in some ways to connect with people there's um some media members can cover the events from home or from a, a work office or something and don't actually have to be in especially for sports that were lower lower tier than football and men's basketball we're actually seeing more coverage, which is actually a, a better thing for us because there's some people that wouldn't come out to these events, but hey, if I can cover from home and just click a Zoom link, or if I can watch on TV and click a Zoom link afterwards to get post game and reaction and stuff, hey, I'll do that. And so we've actually got a little bit more coverage um, from that angle, but yeah, the human interaction side of stuff. And also we're, we're so used to um, traveling with our teams and being with our teams if not every day, every other day, and, and having that close connection to where we are able to push their stories a little bit better. We know a little bit more in depth and we know what we can push and what we can't. And that's been the other toughest part is we haven't been able to be around all the time or have those close things just because we aren't in as the testing protocols as they are. The, um, some, of them, some of us are just getting tested the day before and the day of the event. And um, so we aren't being able to be around as much. So that's the that's probably the toughest part, at least for this year, um, is those human interactions and, and those deep connections. And continuing on with those changes that you've had to deal with, is there anything that you would say that you would keep long term, you know, after we're out of this uh, and things are back to normal? Is there anything you look at now and say, hey, you know, not a bad idea. Maybe we should keep this moving forward. 
we've we've said for post game we might just even when there are media in the building might just keep a zoom going you know just have it running in the back so anybody that can't make it um can still or, or like for football this year we really had to pare down the amount of media that were obviously in the stadium and even in normal years we've had we've counted seats in the press box we we're able to have just over 300 310 315 seats in the press box for for media and we still are turning people away. There's still people that want to get in. So that might be something that we keep moving forward. Um, even we have a full room or, Hey, if, even if they didn't want to trek from the press box all the way down to the post game interview room, they can still sit in the press box and get you now the same, hear the same reaction and, and even have a chance to ask questions. So I think that might definitely be something that we can use. And I think it's not just ours, but how many times did you see during the, summer and the early fall that even on ESPN and other Fox and other big networks, they were having coaches join college game day and the Fox pregame show from their home, you know, from their office. And which gave us a kind of cool look into a humanistic side of coach day and the other coaches that were, that were joining. And then, Hey, if it's worked and the little bit fuzzy, it's not 1080 HD perfect for ESPN. If it works, Hey, why not keep doing that? Right. And also, Hey, coach day, it made it a little easier for him to say, yeah, I'll jump on at 1040 AM Saturday morning on a bye week when all I got to do is turn my computer on and sit in, in my office chair. Sure. No, you need me to come down to campus, get all ready, sit in a chair in front of a, a camera with a backdrop on campus and everything that's taken away from his off day on a Saturday with his family and everything. So those things I think I are probably going to stick, not just obviously with us, but I think in our, um, in the mainstream media that it, we can get better access and more access because doing a zoom or a video call over a computer now isn't taboo. It's kind of right. standardized. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I, I covered Ohio State football the last two years for Scarlet and Gray Radio, um, and last year versus this year, you know, last year we'd have to sprint down to a press conference. This year, it's like I've seen every single press conference word for word the entire way, so to your point, definitely um, works well with timing and things like that moving forward for different sports. Um, I've asked everyone this that I've interviewed so far, um, because I think it's interesting to get a unique perspective on where everyone was when the world kind of shut down back in March. Um, mm -hmm. Where were you? How did you find out? You know, how did that all go down for you, especially as somebody who works in, in sports? It just had to be a crazy day. Yeah. So I would just got, I, you know, I worked with women's basketball team and we had just spent four days in Indianapolis, uh, lost the game Sunday night, got back here and, um, I was actually getting ready and helping um, Dan Wallenberg in our office with men's basketball and got on a bus with men's basketball team. And we wrote, drove over on Wednesday night um, over to Indianapolis. So I literally went back three days later and different hotel this time, but I was back in Indy on Wednesday night and we went to dinner and uh, remember just sitting there at dinner on that Wednesday night thinking, hearing that the Ivy League had already canceled and other sports were canceled. And I think that was the first time like the, the Thunder and, you know, whoever they were playing that Wednesday night, they canceled because of COVID outbreak. And now it was starting to get real, you know, like it wasn't just, and I don't want to demean the Ivy League, but it was the Ivy League had pulled out a week or two early. And now it was like, wow, they're canceling NBA games. And 
So we went to bed Wednesday night, still thinking we were going to play, wake up Thursday morning and actually was watching that big East game that would started at 11 AM St. John's and somebody. And, and then obviously they canceled our tournament and canceled uh, a number of the tournaments around the country. So we end up hearing that it's canceled. We go down to breakfast and Coach Holtman, it was telling the team in the hotel there in the morning, yeah, it was 9.30, 10 o'clock-ish that, hey, guys, I feel really bad for a couple of you that are, you know, Andre Wesson, you know, not being able to play here in Indianapolis and CJ um, CJ Walker being an indie guy and not getting to play. And, you know, it was Andre's last Big Ten tournament. And he said, but, hey, everybody that I've talked to this morning said it's probably 70% a go for the NCAA tournament. So, you know, let's, we're going to head back. We're going to focus and refocus here and, and practice. And I think we got a great team, all that's good stuff. And I kid you not 45 minutes later then they canceled the NCAA tournament. So that's how quickly that information was, um, was changing and evolving. And so then, yeah, we, we hear obviously the NCAA tournament's canceled. Now it's back on a bus. And as we were riding back, then we hear the big 10 cancels the rest of the spring seasons for all the sports. And, um, then it kind of was like, wow, it's, it was surreal then of like, was this really happening? We are really canceling the NCAA March Madness and all the spring sports. That's crazy. Right. And that's, it's a very similar experience to what I had last year. I was in Indianapolis also for, for the men's basketball or for the big 10 tournament. And it was, we pulled up for the Rutgers Michigan game about 15 minutes before tip. And that's when we got the email that was like, all right, things are canceled. And that's when I think it was very real for me. Um, but a crazy situation, a crazy year, but hopefully we're here kind of slowly coming out of it, put together a football season, put together a basketball season so far, fingers crossed things stay the way they are and continuing with other sports. Gary, thanks so much for joining us here on the Intersection podcast today. Sure thing, Brendan. Thanks for having me.